0: She smiled darkly and shook her head. I'm not crazy. I'm not. Of course, what else would a crazy person claim? That's the Kafkaesque genius of it all. If you're not crazy, but people have told the world you are, then all your protests to the contrary just underscore their point. Do you see what I'm saying? Dennis Lehane, Shutter Island. Welcome back to the Wellhouse Exorcism. This is your ghost of a host of the most, Shanna.
1: It's Pukwa PJ.
0: I love that that's your name now. It just makes me so happy. How are you? I'm good. Just good, not great?
1: I mean, school started back up, so I'm just good.
0: Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about it? No. Okay. <laughs> I want to forget that it never happened. <laughs> well, we are here tonight to discuss asylums once again. Because I feel like us going back to school, we're already in an asylum. That's something I want to talk about. I'm broken. I'm kidding. I actually love my job. (laughs) Anyway, we are here tonight to discuss the Dixmont State Hospital because I figured, why not? We've hit up the Trans-Allegheny. We've hit up Harrisburg. We've hit up Pennshurst. Might as well do this one justice, too. Let's do it. All right. Do you want to say anything else before we begin?
1: Congratulations to Luke for winning the uh, giveaway. I'm a little upset
0: that it was not a Wellhouse Exorcism listener, but whatever. (laughs)
1: Uh, So, we're going to be shipping that out to him as soon as we can get to the post office and they're open. (laughs) I
0: know, right? Oh, my gosh. Actually, home. Uh, Yeah, congratulations. It was lots of fun to watch the spinning wheel, although PJ pushed the button, so I didn't get to push the button and watch it spin. Yeah. I'm offended. Anyway, moving on. So, really happy. And we are pushed well way past the 10k mark like we're rocking it getting a little a little little stressed i'm like oh people are listening i should probably try <laughs> kidding i do try um so we are looking at almost our one year anniversary too in a month it's coming up isn't that crazy oh feels weird this time last year we were recording the Wellhouse exorcism episode like proper because we posted yeah, in october yeah that's true yep I was thinking, like, wow, that's a- only a year ago. <laughs> and look how far we've come. Our technology feels is Feels like better. we've been
1: doing it a lot longer than a year.
0: <laughs> it's been 84 years. <laughs> Anywho, let's do this. So, my Was reference- Rose
1: from Southern Alabama? <laughs> she could have been. <laughs> it's been 84 years. That's
0: how I always read it. I don't <laughs> care. Whenever I see the meme, I'm like, yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> that's how it feels like when I teach. I pulled a gray hair out, by the way. I was in the bathroom at the school the other day, washed my hands and look up. I'm like, what is that? What is that? What is that? It's light and it's sparkling. And I realized I had a gray hair sticking up right in the middle of my head. So and it was like an inch, maybe an inch long. So I grabbed it with both of my hands, like both different pi- fingers <laughs> in the front. i like, rip it. I popped it out. Totally gray hair, grown out of nowhere. Mm-mm, it's gone.
1: You're talking to the person who's like <laughs> half his hair is gray.
0: I know. But I had a gray hair and it was really <laughs> upsetting. <laughs> That's the horror of this episode right now. This is what happens when I do a Oh, no, go podcast. on. Talk about how gray
1: hairs are terrible. <laughs> this is the real horror of the show tonight.
0: <laughs> Jackie, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Tim, I know you're listening too. I'm sorry, but I have a gray hair and it hurts. <laughs> I'm going to do what Penny does. I'm just going to dye my hair purple. be done. All right. Anyway, <laughs> my references for this evening include Times Online, Dixmontstatehospital.com, which kind of like harrisburg state those who control the past control the present kind of stuff Mm -hmm. here yeah man is their conversation a little whitewashed um hauntedplaces.org and hmdb.org oh and wikipedia because why not
1: my non-sources for this (laughs) evening oh and reddit and and we'll get in get into why they're non-sources later
0: is this the ai
1: yeah, so I, uh, <laughs> I used AI to research, and that didn't end well. Uh, thank goodness I actually like cited my sources and looked them up afterward. You know, like I asked the AI for sources of for its uh, <laughs> Give me search resor- results. Trib Live and uh, is one of them.
0: Trib Live, okay.
1: Yep, and uh, the Times and a Facebook article.
0: Oh, yeah, Facebook.
1: From Harrisburg, Pittsburgh, LLC.
0: Harrisburg and Pittsburgh are not very close. No. Okay.
1: No, hold on. I can't read. Haunted Pittsburgh, LLC. I don't know where that came from, but... It
0: is very late. (laughs) We are tired. It has been a weekend. And you're teaching, and yeah, we got it. All right. So let's do the opening of Dixmont State Hospital, shall we? Give a little background to our listeners. Opening in 1862. Sounds pretty good, right?
1: It's one heck of an opening.
0: I know. (laughs) (laughs) Opening in 1862, the Dixmont State Hospital was once called the, and this is a mouthful, Department of the Insane in the Western Pennsylvania Hospital of Pittsburgh. What a horrible mouthful.
1: Well, I mean, there's lots of speci- specificity, so <laughs> you know what it is.
0: Like, how do you make that smaller? D-O-T-I-I-T-W-P-H-O-P.
1: Dot to woop. <laughs> Pru- <laughs> <You> know, <Bluey. laughs>
0: anyway, unlike many of the places we discussed in this podcast, this location was closed in 1984 and almost completely demolished in 2006. So, when we discussed the hauntedness. We had to go back to the 80s to about 2005. But there are some things today. That
1: was a long time ago.
0: I know we were in college in 2006. So, the reasons for the demolition. <laughs> were to build new structures for shopping and also because of vandalism and even fires. Those pyromaniacs. However, the area is believed to be haunted by many spirits. Boogie, boogie, boogie. As it adds to our discussion of state hospitals and questionable mental health care, I thought it would be a good topic for this evening as you kind of shift away from Eastern State Penitentiary. Mm -hmm. It's my thought. So as we already know, Psychiatric institutions have long been put in a negative light due to the actions of those untrained and underprepared. I started from Jackie, definitely not trained because no. 1960s for nurses. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. We have already discussed at length the tortures of Penhurst, and we'd read the lines for Harrisburg State Hospital because, mm, Yeah. That website. Yep. And we also did a deep dive with Tim for the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. So we have a pretty good background. With all those locations, the story, though, has been the same time and time again. They were created with noble intentions, but destroyed by capitalism, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So this hospital, of course, is no different. Its name was created, actually, um, from Dorothea Dix. Yes, yes, because she was the founder of mental health reform, pretty much. Um, So she actually came to Pittsburgh and stayed at the hospital for months to ensure it was following the best methods for its patients. So this is if you want to toss in your um, AI generated haunts.
1: So my my (laughs) first my first non source.
0: (laughs) It's not true at all.
1: Said that there have been people who have spotted Dorothea Dix wandering the halls and sitting in a rocking chair. Wow. That she supposedly enjoyed on the premises. And so they would just see her like rocking in the rocking chair. When I dug deeper, there were no sources that ever (laughs) said anything about her or a rocking chair. If you look up Dixmont State Hospital plus rocking chair, like in quotes, there were zero results. (laughs) (laughs) There is nothing out there. If
0: anyone is listening who is a student out there, do not use AI for anything. No.
1: Or the way we've been teaching it in our English classes, use it to get some ideas. Oh, yeah, it's great for creative writing. And then dig deeper. Yep. Because you can't trust it. Not at all. AI is very confident in being wrong.
0: <laughs> it has no problem with being wrong because it's a computer. <laughs> um, so anyway, so Dorothea Dix has not been spothered. And, and none of my research did I find that. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then I'm like, oh, never mind. I can see yeah, why no, I didn't find no. it. All
1: can right. I just give my other non... Sure, My give non-sources us both, yes. right now. So Trib Live, um, they have this article here, and it is called "Thrill Seekers Hunt Ghosts in Dixmont State Hospital." Sounds like a great article. It does, Some yeah. really juicy content's going to be in here.
0: Tell me, it's like one line?
1: No, it's uh maybe two pages if you were to print it out.
0: browsers okay.
1: It's all about someone who went to visit the hospital, and it's just covered in graffiti and soda cans and stuff like that. There's no mention of, like, ghosts in here at all. The whole thing is just, like, a descriptive, very descriptive, paints a picture of what it looks like in there. Pentagrams? No. Graffiti that reads, Walmart sucks.
0: <laughs> well, that's because Walmart <laughs> was like, okay, all right, all right.
1: There's a little bit of history on the uh, the hospital. Um, yeah, that...
0: Thanks, Trib.
1: <laughs> so, I mean... I don't know why they named the title that. And the other one from the Times. One of us
0: came very prepared tonight.
1: It's not loading.
0: <laughs> there is no But time. it was the same kind
1: of thing. It was all the history of it, even though the, the article was about, like, spooky Haunted. stuff. And the intro's like, with Halloween nearing, coming around the of corner, course. we thought we'd talk about, you know, all the spooky things in our area. And then it's just the history and, like, none of the spooky, well, like, real spooky things, the horrors of it, but yeah. um, no actual, like ghostly stuff yeah even
0: i found ghosts so anyway where is this place located well as you mentioned
1: western pa yes pittsburgh Pittsburgh,
0: where my university is university of pittsburgh maybe we'll move out there one day you and me for my university ship
1: and three children
0: Eh, we'll leave them here anyway (laughs) so we're talking western pa as you said it was actually located on a wooded bluff that overlooked the ohio river Very picturesque. And apparently of all the state hospitals that we have in the state, this one was the most picturesque. Hmm. So you go. It was a gorgeous spot. And like Harrisburg State Hospital, it was meant to be self-sufficient. The plan for it actually began in the late 1850s because Pittsburgh was in need of a larger institution for mentally ill patients. Do you know why?
1: Because they're getting overrun in other places overflowing yes yes the western the, the PA... tail is old as time <laughs> when it comes to mental health
0: yep the western pa hospital did in fact have a psychiatric department all right but it was not large enough to hold all the patients I who remember required reading about care
1: that. yeah
0: yep like most mental hospitals it was overcrowded and did not have enough workers and they only had 26 beds dedicated to mental health issues yikes yeah, and they realized they had way more mentally <laughs> ill people, and in almshouses and in jails at that point than they could adequately provide for and support with just twenty-six beds. Yep, and no workers. Yeah, imagine like you're going to almshouses and jails to find mentally ill people. Like they shouldn't even be there, as we discussed. Like mm-hmm. they should be. Yeah. So this is where Dorothea Dix enters the picture. As she had built that statute of reform, she was invited to Pittsburgh to be a part of a steering committee that was tasked with creating the institution. As part of the institu- uh, committee, as- so as part of it, she was very specific with her desires for the hospital. And pretty much all of them were followed through because she knew what she was talking about. She suggested they followed the Kirkbride plan, which we previously discussed on the Trans-Allegheny, mm-hmm. and Tim rocked that. So, uh, listeners, if you have not listened to Trans-Allegheny, stop now and go back to that one because in that we do kind of discuss Dorothea Dix, but Tim goes really detailed on the Kirkbride plan. But just, like, in a general sense, it kind of calls for this, like, very lofty, grandiose style, very Victorian. It's meant to have lots of space. It was meant to have greenery. It was supposed to kind of en- enhance this, like, a nurturing environment to aid in your rehabilitation and your healing. Um, they chose to begin building on over 400 acres of land. Um, it was right near the Ohio however I mentioned. It's now what they call Killbuck. The names we have in Pennsylvania for our towns... I know. And Kill Buck only has one L. That really bothers me. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) if you're going to kill the Buckingham, I'm kidding. It's probably from someone's last name. But anyway, the hospital was designed by the architect John W. Kerr. Um, Of course, again, he followed the Kirkbride plan. It began 1859, and it was ready to open three years later, 1862. That's Hmm. crazy to me. It was that fast. And we're talking that was happening during the Civil War. Like to put in context, right? Like, whereas other places had to stop because they couldn't get their materials, this place got built. It done do what it's supposed to do. Originally, only 113 patients were transferred from Western P. Again, they had 26 beds, and they're transferring 113 (laughs) patients. That math hurts my head a little bit. Um, but again, sending 113. That kind of again just showcases how ill prepared. The entire world was for mental health issues, especially in light mm-hmm. of wars, right? Because we do have the Civil War happening. People are already coming back with PTSD, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. So anyway, by the end of the 1800s, there were between anywhere 1,200 to 1,500 patients. They're not sure. And the <laughs> fact that the number is actually unknown has me a little concerned. Uh-huh. But I mean, like, they... I forget where I read it, but I think they were... Oh, prepared to have like 200 ish patients i think that's what it said originally but they're pushing 1500 patients and it of course the number gets even higher we've heard this of time course. and time again yeah but like that was in less than 40 years yeah you know if it starts in 62 That just anyway <laughs> in 1907 the hospital officially became dixmont hospital for the insane less of a mouthful for sure <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for commenting. <laughs> the reason for this was they were separated from the Western PA hospital system. They wanted to cross it off and be themselves. But in 1921, they changed name again to just Dixmont Hospital. They removed the word insane because there's a stigma around the word. Yeah. It doesn't change how you're treating your patients, but it does look better, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the matter-
1: it's better than the outside world and...
0: I don't understand they kept changing the names. But anyway, they were able to separate because the building was built with the Kirkbride plan. It was completely self-efficient, uh, self-sufficient. So that's why they like, were done. Yeah. So again, 400 acres, very similar to, uh, to Harrisburg State and Trans-Allegheny. They had their own farmlands. So they had their own livestock. They had their own railway station. They had a post office. They had a water treatment plant, a sewage treatment plant, which still exists today, hmm. and even electricity facilities. There was a recreation center, greenhouses, picnic pavilions, trails even through the woods to go for nice little walks, and a cemetery, which is important for later.
1: Okay. Just saying.
0: Now, added to this, the farmlands, they had their own butchers and farmers and even bakers.
1: And candlestick makers?
0: No. Why? Yeah. Oh, they, obviously, they should have.
1: I know. Why didn't they, they missed out on <laughs> an Opportunity. opportunity.
0: According to some sources, they even had- Just
1: one more thing they dropped the ball on.
0: <laughs> they should have focused on that, <laughs> so changed their name five million times. Anyway, according to some sources, they had electricians, they had laborers, pipe fitters, botanists, chefs, and a barber and a dentist. Like, that is crazy- Again, very similar to Trans-Allegheny and to Harrisburg State. Uh, the reason was to create this kind of world within a world. You have your own little microcosm. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to bother us. It's a home for our patients because they knew that many would never leave. Yep. So they knew this was going to be a home for patients. Many would never leave. Um, even through the 1970s, we still have people living there because they had nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. But when you leave so many beds, that's a problem. Yeah. If you're not planning on having them go back into society, you only take so many on before you're overrun. So the solution to their problem, what do you think the solution was, PJ?
1: Just keep bringing more people in?
0: More beds, yeah. <laughs> Put them in the hallways. We'll find space. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So more beds and less funds. That is the solution, of course. Um, so just like every other asylum we've discussed, less money and more burdens means a lack of quality care and overcrowding. While the end of the 1800s saw a number of about 1,500, by the 1920s, the number had become 1,700.
1: Lovely. It's great.
0: Ooh. At that point, Dixmont did refuse to take any more patients. There actually was an article wow. put in a paper, I believe, that said, like, do not send anybody. If they, if you bring them here, we'll put them right back on the train. Like, we're done. No more people. Like, they were pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, but anyway, at that point, the soldiers were mostly soldiers returning from World War I suffering PTSD.
1: So mm, they were, like, yeah. kind of
0: catering to a demographic. Uh, to maximize mass space, they could. Um, they put beds in hallways and addicts. But when all the locations were completely filled, they they had to stop taking admissions, which stinks because there are people out there who obviously needed help and now they're on the streets. Um, They were a private hospital and therefore they can only do so much. And they prided themselves on having quality care and training. And so that was the the unique feature of this hospital. It was one of the best for mental health at the time period. They wanted Mm -hmm. to have kind, caring staff. Now, I say that because that's what the website said. The Dixmont Hospital <laughs> website said, and it's true. They actually did get accreditation, but when you find out what they were doing and the history of what they were doing, it was horrifying. Yeah, but it was appropriate for this time period. Exactly. So again, with so that patient abuse, what we um, expect. So I'm putting the word "new" in air quotes. The new and modern, also in air quotes. Patient care, i.e., abuse, happened when the PA Department of Welfare took over the hospital in 1946. So we're talking. Okay. We've just finished World War II. Yeah. Um. Up to that point, the 20 years prior been filled with monetary issues. They've been trying to scrape by, but we have the 20s, and then we have the Great Depression. Um. So they just couldn't afford the care of 1,700 patients. Um. Of course, interesting. I found this out. While the quality of care, of course, fell, it wasn't as terrible as Pennhurst, but salaries were neglected as well. People chose to work there during the Great Depression only to have room and board given to them in exchange for their services. That's how much they cared about their jobs. So I find that fascinating. Like, I guess there's no jobs anyway. At least you have food, you have a home to live in. I I get it. Yeah. But you're also offering to do quality care for a patient. Well, the best you can do with zero dollars. So I will give them that shout out. So anyway, after that point, they were forced to sell to the welfare department in order to obtain the funds to rebuild their obsolete buildings because everything was just like falling to dis- it's been almost 100 years. It's all fallen to disrepair. Yeah. So with the change of administration, of course, comes the refusal of the Kirkbride plan. You know, open air and mm-hmm. giving them this holistic, yeah, no. Modern beliefs of biology became the center of curing mental illness. And what does that mean, PJ?
1: Lobotomies.
0: That's right. Lobotomies. And what else? If it's biological, what do you think?
1: Experimentation.
0: We'll go with ECT, <laughs> but yes. Uh, ECT, our good old yeah, friend. Yeah, good old friend. Uh, anyway, so I guess all those uh mental illness cures, I put that in air quotes too, were brought forward. Uh did include the new medicines. So we're talking thorazine, of course, and surgical procedures. Um that They both required a new building to be built and other new structures. So this includes the Hutchinson Building, which is important for later.
1: Okay. (laughs) I
0: keep saying it's important for later. Um, While it is known for the unsavory parts of modern medicine for mental illness, the building also contained much of the truly modern medical equipment that we would need. So we had things like the intensive care unit, x-ray facilities, Mm -hmm. isolation units, observation rooms, Instrument sterilization equipment and physical therapy areas. So wow. it was a medical building. And if you read the description of how it was built, it it kind of reminded me a little bit of ESP. There was a nurses' station like in the me- middle, almost like that wheel. Yeah, kind of the an wheel idea. And spoke. And so every patient room had glass windows so they could see into each patient's room which is pretty cool. That's clever. Yeah. So I'm not sure if they went and visited ESP and got the idea or if it just became more of a modern convenience. Yeah. But so it was a very nicely built building. Um. However, um, what is the most remembered part of this would be the morgue, the laboratory, and the autopsy unit. So, yes, the Hutchinson building is the one that we discuss when we discuss hauntings. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. So antipsychotic medicines like Thorazine were administered with the hopes of calming patients and then send them back into the world. Um, Of course, in the Hutchinson Building, lobotomies were performed and electroconvulsive therapies were executed in the hopes of, quote, curing the patients. As we know, using Thorazine turned them basically into zombies because they were unable to even, like, do basic functions to care for themselves. Lobotomies and ECT were given on Mondays and Thursdays like clockwork. Reminds me of one floor of the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> but anyway, it had limited success, and they were kind of late to the game for that because by the 60s they were completely abandoned for only the use of medication. Mm-hmm. So, thankfully, question mark lobotomies and ECT were not used very long. Um, but again, it was used. Now, that being said, uh, the use of medication provoked the idea that we could deinstitutionalize uh, the hospital. So, which means, like, you know, putting people back out in the streets because they were cured. That's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> but by the 70s, the only patients left were those deemed really too old to go back into society. And because of this, a ger- geriatric uh, building was constructed. For Them and had like a recreation center, and they actually invited people in during the week and whatever. So, you know, by 72, Dixmont knew it was going to close its doors because, mm-hmm. again, we've had financial troubles for about 50 years now. Yeah. Um, But the locals didn't like the idea of it shutting down because it was offering to them a really important asset to their community. They knew their Western PA hospital couldn't handle that many patients, even if they were mostly geriatric at this time. So they wanted these services to continue in in some way. So lots of things were done to try to keep the doors open for the next decade. And so you actually see the, the, uh, I, I give the superintendent credit. So while he is with a shortage of funds, he still finds a way to get accreditation. So they get accreditation from the Joint Commission on Accreditation of Hospitals, and fun fact, Dixon was the first and only state hospital in Western PA to get that. Oh, wow. So that shows that it was a pretty good hospital. He also, the superintendent, also got the Reed Hall of Dixmont on the National Register of Historic Places in 1981, which makes it very difficult to you know knock down and destroy. Mm-hmm. So he's like, whatever it'll take to keep this place open. <laughs> so we have jobs and we have a nice place for these people to live. Now, Even with all these last-ditch attempts to save the site, it eventually was abandoned. It was led... But then, of course, when you abandon it, because it closed its doors in 1984, um, you have vandalism, pyromania, Mm -hmm. satanic activity. That's why I asked about the pentagrams earlier. Yeah. Now, drug users and the homeless alike were squatting in the buildings, like taking over full sections, full floors. It's mine. You can't have it kind of stuff. And so locals were complaining about that. Now, they did get... um, Full-time, 24-7 building security monitors, but that did not deter this vandalist activity and uh, squatters. Hmm. In 1995, there was a large case of arson because somebody got in there and said, hey, I can light this place on fire. (laughs) Of course. And they did. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Once they did that, um, no surprise, people started going in there as scavengers. Because they realized that the windows were very expensive because they were kind of the ones that I have at my school where it's like the double pane glass and the, um, what are those called? Like the blinds are in between. Yeah. So it makes it impossible for patients to get out. And then, um, but they're expensive. Yeah. So people were moving full windows to go scrap and sell. They're getting all the copper, all mm. that kind of stuff. So scrappers came in and they were just stealing anything they could to sell for profit. Yeah. Um, so eventually it was sold to Walmart
1: yeah i read about this
0: <laughs> that's why I was someone like spray painted like you know walmart, walmart sucks, sucks. <laughs> um because walmart's like oh we can build a plaza there and, like we'll have like you know an applebee's or whatever It'll be a whole like you know strip mall kind of thing but the ground there is just awful um so there was a landslide that disturbed the area for weeks i mean like it shut down roads that was that bad of landslide like it just yeah. destroyed the local economy yep so after that walmart's like you know what maybe not
1: <laughs> yeah, so nothing is there now. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so they said, you know, we'll let the ground recover. it will go back to nature. Their plan is to plant 7,000 trees. Eventually.
1: Eventually.
0: <laughs> Which means it'll never happen. Yep. Like it's Walmart. So all that is left of the once-grand Dixmont State Hospital is the sewage treatment plant because the town said we might be able to use that someday. Uh-huh. So that's still there. And that's located next to Tom's Run. And then there, the Camerata building, which was the Geriatric Center, Mm -hmm. that's still there. Left two is the cemetery, and that actually has a marker um, because there are many unmarked graves. So when you look at the Dixmont State Hospital Cemetery, there's actually a marker, and it has a really nice inscription. It's, and I'm quoting this, it says, This cemetery contains the graves of over 1,300 patients buried from May 26, 1863 to March 8, 1937, some of whom were veterans of the Civil War, World War I, and World War II. The hospital was closed in 1984 and demolished in 2006. This marker is dedicated to the men and women laid here to rest. Which, hmm. I again applaud them because unmarked graves. Yeah. I want to know how they know it's thirteen hundred patients. Could it be more? Yeah, because again, like if they have,
1: it's true, it's true seventeen
0: hundred, and the marker says people who fought in World War II, but the marker says buried from the eighteen sixty three to nineteen
1: thirty seven. Yeah, World
0: War II for us didn't begin to nineteen forty one. Yeah, right. Because yeah, so I'm like, listen,
1: interesting. Yeah, (laughs) numbers don't quite add up there. (laughs)
0: Listen, I'm almost a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I can read. So I've, I don't know. Just It's interesting. I bet there's more people. There's probably, There has to be like masquerade, especially like the torture that I'm going to go over in a little bit. Yeah. But anyway, at least they gave a marker. They did that right in my opinion. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I got to say, overall, I do like they try to keep it open. They were trying to give quality care to these people. Um, n- no huge... Issue like Penhurst <laughs> didn't have that going on, yeah, yeah. Um, but in any case, they did leave a marker. So, while most of the original location is now raised to the ground, I do want to discuss the hauntings that did exist and currently some that still do, okay, okay. Um, because of all those treatments. Now, mine did not come from an AI, I <laughs> just <laughs> want to say
1: the only one I was able to find. Well, I found two, okay, one. The most famous one was A Man Who Guarded the Morgue. Yep. And two, our buddy Zach Baggins.
0: No, no, get him out of here. Oh.
1: He visited the hospital before it was demolished. So we could watch that episode if you want. <laughs>
0: What's his show called? Scariest Places on Earth, right? No. No?
1: Um, Ghost Adventures. Ugh.
0: Anyway. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Anyway.
1: Do you want to watch it? Can I talk like this? <laughs> <laughs> the
0: whole time. We I just can't. make
1: fun of him the whole time.
0: We'll, we'll, we'll just like, you know, eat popcorn every time he says something stupid. No,
1: we'd be like.
0: <laughs> we'd be buttons. <laughs> we'd be vomiting. Up we, we'd food. be
1: dehydrated <laughs> from all the <this> salt.
0: <laughs> but it'd be worth it. <laughs> I love salty, buttery popcorn. All right. So I already know that the treatment for mental illness was brutal. Mm-hmm. Now, new evidence has come to light because, again, that website, the dicksmontseyhospital.org, paints a pretty picture. They admit to lobotomies because they have everyone to. Everyone was doing yeah. it. But I found a lot of information that was not on their website. So there was evidence that hydrotherapy treatment was being used in at least the 1800s.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, no evidence for like later, but definitely the 1800s. This was not mentioned again on the website, like I said, and not even on Wikipedia. So they must be in charge. Oh, they probably p-
1: monitor it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because a lot of the stuff from the Dick's website to uh, the Wikipedia page is very much like copy and paste. However, it is true. There was hydrotherapy. The patients were submerged in either hot or cold water for hours. And there was even evidence that some patients were submerged with ice caps attached to their heads. Wow. That's a new one. Yeah. So my question is, why? But I don't, I don't want to know why. Is this brain freeze?
1: From the outside.
0: From the outside. (laughs) Oh, but something else interesting. Bandages were wrapped around their faces to block their ability to see and hear. That's a new torture, too, that I haven't heard. You know, I feel like being very much alone. And just like Eastern State, patients were spread with high-pressure water hoses.
1: I don't understand, like, why this would be a thing.
0: It's helpful some... No, it's not
1: helpful. Let's make you black and blue all over from the pressure of this water. It will make you feel better. (laughs)
0: Some way it'll calm you down. Anyway. um, Now, again, I mentioned, like, a lot of websites mentioned lobotomies and ECT because those are the big winners. And everyone wants to hear about lobotomies and ECT. But they also used insulin shock therapy, like like Harrisburg State. Mm. Now, that was to put them into hypoglycemic comas. Not healthy. No. We already discussed on um, Harrisburg State. But anyway, before the buildings were raised, it was noted that there were apparitions that were seen and people could see them peering out of the windows like toward the road. So you could be driving by and like you could see them pretty
1: much. Oh don't like that. No. <laughs> they were watching you.
0: They'd also see them walking around on the grounds. Like they're like, you know, mm-hmm. out enjoying their Kirk ride yeah. yeah. And again, completely empty and abandoned and there was no one there yet. So that was already being mentioned. Um, while the hospital was known to be haunted by many entities, the most notable one he mentioned was that male spirit. And he is said to was he was guarding the morgue mm-hmm. in the Hutchinson building. Um, so that's where lobotomies were performed, as we mentioned. Now, it says the spirit scared away those trying to enter the morgue, which I wonder then who the spirit is. Are we trying to hide the fact that lobotomies happened or what?
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't
0: know. Anyway, but so I mentioned the landslide like Walmart has landslide happen, right? <laughs> When that happened, the people truly believed that it was because of the ghosts. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I can't make that up. Um, so the lands were a paranormal hotspot. They always believed that. Um, no, they say it's probably because of the satanic activity that happened, the abandoned buildings, um, of course, human suffering that happened. Um, the location was used in the scariest places on Earth episode, and they heard disembodied voices um, they even heard um, EVPs, even with the buildings no longer there. Hmm. Okay, yeah, so that's kind of cool. Um, the EVPs have been recorded. You hear voices saying the words pain and dead. One Reb- Redditor actually mentioned his sister went there and she had the issue with flashlights turning off even with new batteries. You know, like mm-hmm. Carrie had mentioned at ESPN. Power drains. Yep. Um, another commenter said that he saw ghosts and what he thought was a demonic entity. But they truly believe the land is cursed. This Redditor mm-hmm. did, too. And nothing will be able to be built there because there's just too much negativity. But back to the fun fact of the locals. They really believed, and they still believe. Like, there are people out there who still believe this. The landslide happened due to the anger of the tortured souls of what happened there. Interesting. Okay. Um, Because, and in their mind, it's because the, the patient's... Are angry that people were trying to destroy their home because mm-hmm. while we don't agree with mental health care that happened, we discussed in Pennhurst, this was their home. This yeah. is the place they liked being, the place they knew. People chose to stay there in the geriatric unit, right? Um, that isn't true though, because when they were actually trying to build buildings there and like add on, they had landslides all the time because the land is just not safe. It was not conducive. It's on top of it's it on hell. a hill. <laughs> it's not safe, and there's just um you know uneven land there's underwater springs mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff so it's just not the best land to grow on and to and to build on but it does make for a fun story if the ghosts got so angry they caused the landslide Wookie <laughs> boogie boogie boogie. <laughs> but um i would love to there's obviously the cemetery is still there you can it's overgrown from what i understand the marker is visible mm. um people have said they feel Like, kind of like an oogie boogie kind of feeling when they're out there. It feels like a heavy presence, like they're being watched when they're out there. Yeah. Which makes sense because you have all those unmarked graves. And again, there are some buildings that are still open. Um, Some buildings up until just a couple years ago were being used as a Montessori school. So there are some places that are still there. But most of it has been raised to the ground. Hmm. But I feel like even if it's, you know, raised to the ground, there's still that, like, that one Redditor mentioned, like, there's that negative energy. You could probably still see things walking around.
1: Probably. I mean, a lot of the Redditors I, I found, they were all just like, definitely believe it's haunted. That place <laughs> freaked me out. And they wouldn't go into specifics, but just like, yeah, the place was messed up, you know. And...
0: I like Redditors. They're very honest.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish that they would have gone into more detail about it.
0: Well, if there's one website, they actually show pictures of the morgue and everything. Man, those pictures were creepy.
1: There's a video I want to watch, too, on YouTube about the whole place.
0: You can find pictures from one person who was allowed to go in there before it was all, you know, shut down. And the pictures, I mean, the morgue was still, like, looking pretty decent. Like, you know, the the mm-hmm. trays you put the human bodies the slabs and they go in the little wall you know you yeah, close yeah. it up yeah the refrigerator i guess you want to call it like they were still in good repair when this person and you tell it had been abandoned for years but it still was in good repair and you could still pull the trays out
1: mm-hmm.
0: so like man i wouldn't want to be in there especially if there is a male spirit angry if you go in the morgue um, oh my gosh there, there that had, would be fun it has to be like esp that feeling when you're walking around, like there's just that heaviness that like you know somber sad feeling yeah but people say when you go out to the uh, the the grave marker and go look at the unmarked graves, because there are like like little markers here and there throughout mm. this graveyard and the cemetery, they said like they felt like they were being watched and it just felt really heavy the whole time. Hmm. That was the most common comment. And so one guy's like, I kinda wanna go out and I wanna like, you know, mow out some of the grass and like kind of make the places visible, yeah. maybe give them some rest. But he's like, I also don't want to because <laughs> 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 they're watching. I don't know. Um, so I just I thought this was like kind of a fun mini episode to put in after ESPN before we go into the Alvaro bunkers with Tim, because I just I feel like it's important to talk about, you know, these asylums as we move forward, because I feel like we're going backwards a lot of ways in mental health.
1: Oh, yeah. Ever since like COVID really shined a lot of light on the lackluster health care that we have and everything that we need to you know, keep doing to grow as a society to improve that?
0: Yeah. And, you know, just this morning we were at our church and we had that Sunday school, you know, meeting Mm -hmm. with the priest and he was talking about how he wants us to have like, you know, monthly meetings with parents and talk about all the hard questions because kids are going to college and they're just, they're stressed, they're on anxiety medication and you're not sure why that is. And all I think was, do you know what kids are going through? You know, like yeah. we uh, back in this time period, a hundred years ago, we were putting them in mental health facilities because they were suffering from PTSD. You can't tell me these kids aren't suffering from something like that nowadays because just walking into school, they're afraid they're going to get shot. You know, like there's a different world than a hundred years ago. You didn't have that fear mm-hmm. when you went to your one room schoolhouse, you know, or even yeah. 50 years, 60 years ago. My mom never had that worry ever. Of course, they probably carried, you know, knives back in her school but because you could have <laughs> pocket knives back then oh and
1: our parents went to high school too they just leave for lunch and they're like that it was much more open
0: <laughs> um but i just feel like it's a different world and you know we just listened to the new fallout boy uh we re-
1: we didn't start the fire yeah we, the fire. we didn't
0: start the fire so the new cover like it kind of shows 89 on so like our generation and it's crazy to think of all things that we have lived through like they yeah. mentioned Columbine, for example and yeah so- it's
1: like gen x and up yeah is what they cover
0: so, like, um, well, 1989, like, that's obviously millennial, too. Because millennial... Well, no, that's like, why I said end yeah, up, at, you know. Yeah, at Gen X. Because your sister's Gen X, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we just you know, we' on the Yeah, you know, we're on the cusp, yeah. Um, but it's just... it was It's interesting to think of all the things that we live through. And we listen to, you know, even the original We Didn't Start the Fire, the stuff that they lived through in their lifetimes, you know. So, it's just, like, I think every every generation has a different problem and yeah. i think for us it's it's the mental health issue again you know mm-hmm. so we're kind of we've kind of cycled back to the 1920s coming back from the wars broken but the war for us is just the everyday stress of being a child you know there, there's the, the state performances there's the stress like if i don't pass these keystones i'm not going to graduate
1: yeah that's what gen z is facing more than anything
0: yeah it's it's that and like you have to succeed on every single test and get 100 or else you're not good enough you know, and so you have to keep pushing. And if you don't get 100, like, man, you're, you're wasted. So, like, I just, I don't know. I just, it was an interesting conversation this morning because I just kept thinking about, you know, our podcast. And I'm like, you know, maybe this is the next, the next thing we need to worry about is mental health. I think that's our next big problem. Oh, yeah. Because, so, I mean, we look at all these mental health facilities that are overrun as it is and we can't get kids in who need the help. So, mm-hmm. oh, but alas, that is just, a, that is just the problem, right? but we know that lobotomies and ect don't always work um so i prefer having conversations that's my thing like let's just just talk it out wow let's not give medicine like thorazine and hydrotherapy uh, let's let's not just
1: jump to that (laughs) let's start with the easy fixes you know and and then maybe just move in from that
0: (laughs) That's where I want to end this evening. I know we have one last quote that you're going to read because we both love Shutter Island,
1: the -hmm. book and the
0: movie. Um, So we're going to end with that. But I just want to say, if you're out there and you need help, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody. There is always somebody who cares. Absolutely. If you need to, just email (laughs) us. Even if
1: it's us. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Email us. So please reach out to somebody. Send us a message. gamezoboard at gmail.com. I'm almost a doctor. I might be able to help you. (laughs) I'll just keep saying that. I'm almost a doctor.
1: <laughs> At the very least, we can point you in the direction of someone who could.
0: That's right. And if you just need to laugh, we'll tell you some bad dad jokes. PJ's on that for you. Don't worry. That's right. We'll raise your spirits. <laughs> you, can, you can listen to me die on the inside as he tells you jokes. But in any, in any case. You know it. <laughs> have a wonderful week. And as always, think spooky thoughts.
1: Believe it or not, Marshall, I believe in talk therapy. Basic interpersonal skills. I have this radical idea that if you treat a patient with respect and listen to what he's trying to tell you, you might just reach him. Dennis Lehane, Shutter Island.